What is up, America? We're finally back here with another episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, I want to have you be your host, Sherm. Obed is still out, but we have another guest host joining me once again, my boy Chris out here in Philly. Welcome back, sir. Glad to have you filling in once again for Obed. What's going on with you? What's going on, Sherm? How's everyone doing, man? Appreciate being on. Yeah, man. Of course, of course. Glad to have you back here. You know, it's been a while since we've been on the air. You know, we took a few weeks off. There's been a slew of events that's been going on. I mean, obviously, we'll get into our NFL discussion, being that the NFL draft is tomorrow night. The NBA playoffs are well and underway. Major League Baseball is back. The Mets are number one in the league. Let's go Mets, baby. You know, everything is wild. Things are getting crazy, man. And speaking of getting crazy, a few weeks ago, as we all know, the Oscars got a little crazy, got a little out of, out of hand. Uh, your boy, Willie Smith, just, I don't know what's up with this dude, yo. It, it was kind of out of control. It was, I'll say it was definitely out of left field, you know, to throw a little baseball joke in here for, the, for this guy, um, to do something like that in a public setting. I mean, I made, I've said it before, yo, I don't, to me, that wasn't Will Smith. That was Mike Lowry. Okay? <laughs> Bad boys for life. That was, that was, that's what was at the Oscar. That wasn't Will Smith. You know, yeah, that was it was actually out of right field because he hit him with his right hand. Um, so uh, okay. yeah, so you know what what they say in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess so. You know, you know? The playground is where he spent most of his days. You know, so, um, he, he was he wasn't chilling out in Max and cool and oh no. cool. So you know, so I don't know, man. I all, all I gotta say is yo, he lucky it was Chris Rock because let it been the Rock who made that joke, he wouldn't have dared go up there and slap him. Let me tell you that joke right now. No, you know, it was interesting and all the backlash he's gotten, which I, I, I wholeheartedly agree, completely out of a line, uh, out of hand in a lot of ways. Um, I think, you know, you hear a lot of people yelling Sherman saying, well, you know, this is such a disgrace to the Oscars. He needs to give back his Oscar now and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? That's ridiculous. You know, just the same way I look at Reggie Bush back when he had to give up his Heisman. I was, was going to say the a, same thing. It's not about thing. what they did on the field. That's what they got that trophy for. Mm -hmm. It was off the field or extracurricular character flaws mm -hmm. and, and mistakes that happened. So I think the Academy did the right thing by um, suspending him for the next 10 years. But mm -hmm. in regards to taking away an Oscar that he did for something that he won on the field of battle, to use a sports analogy, to me is on ridiculous yeah uh, yeah i'll definitely uh agree with you there chris on that one is like one thing one him playing that role and earning the award because of that role has nothing to do with what happened that particular night it kind of sucks that it happened though because it definitely diminished him winning like after all these years and being nominated several times before he never we finally finally won an oscar and, and like literally less than like 15 minutes later, he won the Oscar after doing what he did to, to, to Chris Rock. I mean, that kind of sucked. You know what I mean? Could kind of, like I said, it ruined the moment. I feel like people would have been so much more hyped for him winning it. It's almost as bad, not quite as, almost as bad as Leo not winning for so many years. And then he finally getting him. People were like, oh my God, finally, they cheered and yeah. loved him. You know what I mean? I feel like it would have kind of been a similar scenario with Will finally getting that Oscar if he had not have done that, right? No, I 100% agree, Sharon. Yeah. But anyway, let's keep it moving, Chris. Um, quickly, as we were like, made a couple of baseball references. Yeah, Major League Baseball is finally back and underway. Um, you know, like I said, I'm happy Mets are, Mets are leading the league in wins right now, which is, which is awesome. Um, and this is without um, Jacob DeGrom in the lineup. Um, Scherzer's been a great addition for them. But 
I'm thinking, you know, it's funny because I was a big, big baseball fan growing up. I even played Little League baseball as a kid. You know, so many of my friends did. And, you know, baseball has always been known as America's pastime. But I feel as if America is starting to leave it in the past. It's out of the four major sports. You know, people, you, back in the day, baseball was, you know, was, was round number one or number two. And I feel like baseball is, sli- is really declining out of the four major sports, you know, NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL, I would still say NHL is four, MLB is three, NBA is two, and NFL is number one. But even just out of major leagues, major sports, sports in general in this country, I would say the NFL obviously is clear by far number one. But you can make an argument that college football, is, it can be a number two with, between that and the NBA. And I feel like baseball is just declining. It, it, its viewership has been declining. Its popularity might be declining. I mean, how many folks are really going to watch a game at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday? You know, when they're at work and things like that. Attendance is, you know, not always the best because you have these midday games when folks are at work and things like that and they play the fact that each team plays 162 games is absolutely absurd i mean there's it's very rare that the unless you're a die die hard die hard baseball fan you may watch all the games but you probably can't because like i said you're working whereas in football you can probably watch all 16 17 games of your nfl team but you're not going to generally generally speaking some folks do so don't be i'm not making it a a uh, all out statement here but most of the time I, I don't watch all 162 games of the Mets. I, do, I just don't, you know? So, Chris, I guess my question to you is, you know, do you feel that viewership and the popularity of baseball is declining in the in the U.S.? And, you know, what can they possibly do to kind of turn that around? Well, sure. It's kind of a, a, a combination of lots of things. When baseball was considered, you know, America's pastime or America's sport, um, a lot of that building – uh, build up and came in the, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, right? Um, what did you have back then? You had a lot of blue-collar workers, right, that would watch and love the game because it was a very inexpensive game to be a part of and watch. So you had a lot of guys working in the mines, steel mills, things like that, third shift type of people that were getting done at 7, 8 in the morning. So that was now their time to go out and evening. So they would go out to those 1 o'clock games and participate in that and spend 50 cents for a ticket back then. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, actually economic reasons, in my opinion, of why it's been declining over the last 20 to 30 years, um, because we've shifted away from a lot of those type of blue-collar jobs. But really, Sherm, if you look at it, in the past 40 years, there's been a total of 16 strikes and lockouts among the four major sports. And guess what? The MLB holds 50%, eight of those 16. Wow. So so that's a big reason why all the politics and especially now with all the money involved and, you mm-hmm. know, people look, there's, again, still a lot of a blue collar crowd in regards to the fan base. So when you have a lot of blue collar workers that are literally just working to put food on the table for their family and they see a player making 160, 200, $250 million contract and they're, and they're squabbling over an extra half percentage point, you know, with these union talks. So to my opinion, <laughs> there's nothing they can do until there's a salary cap involved and that's never right. going to happen. Yeah. So baseball. I don't think you can turn around. In, yeah. In yeah. With no salary cap. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just absurd that the, the amount of money that these guys make, you know, getting out, you said like, I remember back when A-Rod got his 10 year deal with the Yankees, $250 million. This was nuts. And this is what, 10, 15 years ago, he got yeah. that money. So and these guys are getting more now, you know, it's um, yeah. You know, Chris, you make, make very good points there. You know, like I said, it's, it's a, some people will say it's a very slow game. It takes some time. They're trying to speed up the game. I've, you know, I've been noticing over the years, trying to find ways to speed up the game, but now they have um, 
uh, challenges involved with the replay now in baseball because that kind of has been slowing it down again. Meanwhile, they're trying to speed it up. And the thing about baseball, too, is, you know, a baseball game can go on forever. You know, if you have a tie in the ninth inning, you go, you go to extra innings. You know, there's been games that go, you know, 15, 16, 17 innings. And how many people are really going to stick around to watch that entire same thing? You know, of course, you have in, you know, in the NBA, you have, you know, the games that go to double and triple overtime as well, too. But, you know, is that doesn't happen that that often. You know what I mean? Because like I said, there's just so many more games in baseball where those occurrences can happen. That's why. Well, know? let's not forget, Sherman, too, that chicks dig the long ball. And there's not been a lot of long balls in a long time. Uh, and no pun intended, fans. Um, but what I mean that's, by well, that that's because of steroids. That and that's exactly. What, but I'm telling you right now, bring back the juice, and you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot. You, bring back the juicy juice, and you're gonna see a lot better attendance. You're gonna see a lot more ratings. Because I'll tell you right now, baseball fan for the most part over the last 25, 30 years of my life. And nothing was more exciting than that 1998 season with Sosa McGuire. I literally was changing back and forth between the WGN that was covering Chicago and ESPN that would cover the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And literally, they were going back and forth. Boom, Sosa hits one. McGuire hits one. Sosa hits one. McGuire right. hits one. It was right. amazing. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. Sorry, baseball fans. I know for the old people, the nostalgia, oh, that, that just, you know, that, that the game diminishes or... the game. Okay. Well, okay, but it makes it more exciting. You're diminishing your game every year. <laughs> <laughs> you know but you know whatever you know it is what it is i guess they, as they would say but anyway let's keep moving chris let's let's get into the nba um obviously you know as we said before the playoffs have been well underway um let's just talk about it man the biggest probably uh, i don't know i don't want to say upset not, not, upset's not the right word probably just disappointment of these playoffs so far has been the brooklyn nets getting swept by the Boston Celtics 4-0 in the first round. And it's, to me, it is just utterly ridiculous that they got swept. And to me, and I asked, I was going to ask you the question, you know, what really went wrong for the Nets? But we all know it was Kyrie Irving. It was Kyrie, you know, being a part-time player for the majority of the year didn't help. It did not allow his team to gel as an entire unit. First of all, let's go back to when they had James Harden on the team before they made that blockbuster trade. Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant were only on the court. Now, granted, there were some injuries, only on the court for 16 games before making that trade. Okay. You, you didn't have the time to work as a cohesive unit. That's even with Harden. Then you've then you trade away Harden for Ben Simmons. The guy doesn't even step on the court. He's played as many minutes as you and I have this season in the NBA, Chris. Okay. So you, you're not even a full team. You're not even a full team. And that Kyrie was there part-time, you know, it, it goes a long way. Yes. It's, I would say is basketball is, is certainly easier to just insert a player last minute than football is. I think we can all agree on that because football takes a lot more time, but you have to be there at least as a you know to, to come together as a team it that that it that that hurts you if you're not if you're not an entire team you know what i mean and uh, and i think that if Kyrie was there all season they don't get swept i really don't think they get swept maybe they lose in six okay but i don't think they get swept you know um kevin durant was not himself these playoffs i think we all know that he struggled a lot a lot you know a real lot in, the, in these in these games so i will that that played a part in it but he went off in game four playing him and Kyrie played, played almost every single minute in game four but still you know 
and I was going to ask, you know, well, how much do you think of it is on the players? You know, is it, or maybe is it on the head coach, Steve Nash, you know, not getting these guys ready, not putting these guys in position, but I, I got to say, it's almost like, it's almost like a combination of both because Steve Nash, I don't think was ready for this job. He's never coached on any sort of level ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, and coming back to your point about Kyrie, you can um, thank Kyrie for that. Yeah. Cause Kyrie straight up said at one point, I think it was and and I quote, I don't see us having a head coach. Yeah. I'm pretty sure no, he, said he doesn't, they don't need a head coach. Yeah. So, so, so there you go. So you go out and handpick, you know, uh, uh, then a guy that, like you said, never had head coaching experience, right? Um, Hall of Famer, though, as, as a player, I mean, not even a question. Um, I don't think the blame should be on a first-year, non-experienced head coach to bring a team together that, like you said, wasn't cozy together. I mean, Kyrie, this all stemmed from Kyrie. Kyrie has been toxic everywhere he's went. He had LeBron James. Eh, I don't need you. I'm leaving. I'm going to go run my own team. Those are the Boston Celtics. I'm going to have my own thing. And eh, you know what? this isn't my thing. I'm going to head out now and go play with my friend. I mean, and he's tried to control every situation. Sherman, to your point in the 11 seasons that Kyrie Irving has been the NBA only four has he played over 60 games. I mean, every time something happens in, in this guy's life, whether it be even with, you know, back in the days of the social justice issues, he was having problems where he had to step away from the court because he just couldn't be there to play basketball fully because of what was going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. to each their own, I'm not, I'm not going to judge him, but you know what? I had a lot of personal things in my life happen, things that I don't believe in, things that I don't agree with, but I still show up to work. So, right. so, so Kyrie, I, I think definitely has to be blamed on this. In regards to Durant, I just think it was a bad run, man. I think he was mentally checked out because I don't think he's a guy that really completely shrinks up in the moment. Because I remember when he was with Golden State, he was hands down the best player on a team that had, you know, a, a two-time unanimous MVP in Steph Curry on the team that was balling out during those finals as well. But Durant was clearly the best player dragging people along. Oh, so yeah. I mean, he won the finals give, MVP each time. Right, right, right. Yeah, I will give KD a pass on this one. But if it turns into an habitual thing, then I'm going to have some questions. But I will make this point, Sherman. Everyone wants to say KD took that mantle from LeBron, right? Best player in the world. Sherman, how many times in LeBron's illustrious career has he gotten swept? I don't think he's ever been swept. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. Well, this is the first time KD and Kyrie have been swept as well, too. You know what I mean? Yep. So, but again, yeah, I mean, I will say put it more on Kyrie. The thing about Kyrie, you just can't trust Kyrie. Like you said, he takes off when he wants to take off. Oh, there's riots at the Capitol. Oh, no, I'm traumatized. Oh, I can't go play basketball. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, you guys are in the bubble. We don't want to play. You know, I can't play bad. You can't play now, basketball. I, to your point about the bubble and, and, the, and the COVID and the mandates, he did have some issues with New York City not allowing for the longest time unvaccinated players to be in state-run or city-run, I'm sorry, facilities. That is out of his control. Right, right. And we, we can but, all agree that that was However, ridiculous. yes, we agree. But however, he could. there's a lot of other people that didn't agree with that. And, but you know what? They did it anyway because they wanted to play basketball. They wanted to be there for their teammates. They said, you know, they signed up, but they signed that contract and said, you know what, I'm going to be here. This is about winning. This is about this team coming together and playing as, and playing and winning, okay, and giving their giving guys a chance. He could have made that same sacrifice. There's plenty of players in the league who didn't want to be vaccinated, but he said, you know what, if I, I if I get vaccinated, I get to play ball. Okay, I'll do it. Just because I don't agree, I don't, I may not agree with it, but I'll do it anyway. He chose not to do it. That's on Kyrie. Okay. And that's the thing. You never know when he's going to show up. I was watching, um, uh, was a get up the other day on ESPN 
And Stephen A. Smith made a very good point. He said he would never, if he was the um, GM and the ownership of, of the Brooklyn Nets or whoever that may be is, never give Kyrie Irving a long-term contract ever again. Year to year. year one year deals every single time because you don't know when he's going to be there. Give him $40 million. Give him $50 million. He's worth it. He is spectacular when he's on the court. The problem is you don't know when he is going to be on the court. Even I said it the best. He is box office. He is probably the best small guard, best finisher that I've ever seen. And that's including AI. I mean, he the way he finishes at the rim and, and his, mm -hmm. his handle – his handles are top top three it, in the it, NBA, top two. Between him, Steph Curry, and maybe looking back, even at the days like Marbury, because I thought Marbury had sick handles. Dude, but, Jam Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford, yeah. Jay, Jay, Cross but, Jay Crossover for a reason. But Jay Crawford nice. didn't finish the way Kyrie yeah, does a month. Just, just straight, it's yeah. sort of straight handles? Yeah, Jamal point, Crawford, yeah. Yes, he is box office. I give him a one to one every year, fifty million dollar year. That's it. They, they do have an he has have an option for this upcoming season. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but yeah, I never give him a long term contract. I and mean, then and, and there has to be a clause in that if he doesn't play over sixty games, it gets cut back by 20, 25 percent. Mm -hmm. That's fair. He he's in, willingly admitted in publicly that there are bigger things. Best we all know that. Of course, your family's and that's fine. And that's fine. But don't that's say fine. that publicly. Don't say that. Don't say that. Go and come out in an interview and say, you know what? I'm not worried about basketball. There's more important stuff to worry about in society. But then don't come out and say things like, well, you know, I, I'm not one to make excuses, but, you know, at this point in the year, usually teams are gelling and have a cohesiveness, and we're just not able to get that right now. No, duh. duh, duh yeah, that's literally what I said. I said, uh, duh, Kyrie. <laughs> you just basically called yourself out. We've been when everybody else has been calling you out the entire season, but you just now realize it after you got swept. Come on, yo. Well, just but, remember, Sherman. The, I mean, the the world is flat. Just remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut this damn flat Earth thinker up. Get Kyrie Irving away from me, please. Quickly before we move on to the next match, I want to talk about Ben Simmons. I. I mean, it's almost, I don't even have any, any words for Ben Simmons. Uh, to me, it's just pathetic. He can't be with the team. He couldn't even show up to game four. The man couldn't yeah. show up, Chris. Yeah. Even if you're hurt, let's say you're hurt. Or better yet, let's say you're injured. You cannot play. Yeah. You still show up, don't you? You be there with your team. He didn't mm. even show up. Mm. I'm sorry. And there's a difference between, is he hurt? I think he's just hurt. I don't think Ben Simmons is, and there's a difference between hurt and being injured. And if you're hurt, suit up, be on the bench. Barring some emergency, you probably won't play. Dude, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Even the third string QB suits up every week, buying Tom Brady, you know what I mean? He, he knows he ain't getting in the game, but he suits up anyway, just in case. He may be hurt. It doesn't matter, though. You still suit up and be there for you. Or even if you can't suit, you're not gonna, you, know, you know you're not going to play, you're injured or whatever the case is, be there for your teammates. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play basketball. I don't know if he ever wants to play basketball again. Isn't it interesting, Sherman, that, you know, um, what a lot of people consider to be one of the best uh, GMs in basketball and Daryl Morey, has now drafted two out of the last, what is it now, five years, probably two of, in my opinion, the most mentally weak players that I've seen come in the NBA in a long time. And Markel Fultz. Mark Fultz. Yep. And, and Fultz both drafted number one. He had an injury. 
Fultz had an injury, but then it completely broke and shattered his mental game. And he's never recovered. Number one overall pick. Ben Simmons was a, was not was he number one or number two overall? He pick? was Ben Simmons went number one the year after Markel Fultz went number exactly. one. So they, they picked yeah. number one twice two years twice in a row, in a row. And, and, and picked and point both guards. Of these guys have not been there for some physical reasons, but a lot of it not physical reasons. So I just think that's interesting. You know that you know that needs to be thought about when and when you talk about Daryl Morey. That's my first point. But I gotta say, Daryl Morey proved the 76ers won this trade. With the, with the Nets. Oh, absolutely. Because oh, yeah, I thought, absolutely. at first I was saying, you know, the, I think the Nets might have won. And see, Marks, was, you know, pulled it off. But damn it, Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey looks like a genius right now. He, he <laughs> does right now. But again, his whole trust the process thing was trusting the process, drafting two of the most mentally, you know, fragile players um, mm-hmm. in NBA mm-hmm. history, possibly. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I mean, and this is all part of a master plan that he knew he was going to be trading for James Harden five years prior to that, then yes, he is a genius. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, this guy, Simmons, like I said, even if you're hurt, suit up. You can't give him, give him five minutes on the court, 10 minutes, whatever you can do, something. This is game four. You're about to be swept. Yo, man, you know what it is? I'm telling you right now, it's the Kardashian curse. It is the Kardashian curse. Yo, I'm saying, hey, right after Tristan Thompson signed his big contract, the LeBron, LeBron went to bats for him. It was like five years, $80 million. A guy you're like, really? Tristan Thompson? Granted, he was playing pretty well. What happens? Khloe Kardashian happens. Ben Simmons. Oh, this looks like he might be a top 10 player in this league. What happens to him? A Kardashian. Just saying. The Jenner. Yeah. De- <laughs> Devin Booker. Devin Book. Oh, sorry. Blake Griffin. He was with the Kardashian. What happened? Boom. <laughs> Devin Booker. Devin Booker. You just got injured right now. Run. Run as fast as you can. Run, Forrest. Run. Run, Forrest. Run. You know, I mean, uh, that's it's funny that you say that. But yeah. Um, anyway, I, I know we got to move on, but um, it's just interesting, man. Uh, like I said, the whole Simmons thing, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do they, I mean, really quickly before we go on to our next segment, do they run it back with the same squad, Chris? I mean, they kind of have to. I feel I like, mean, yeah, there's, right? There's going to be some changes like Drummond might not be there, Blake Griffin might not be there, a couple other parts. They'll, they'll trade and get some other pieces, but I mean, they have to at least give one year run with the Simmons, KD, and Kyrie, you know, right. debacle, in my opinion. But right, yeah, they right. Have to. They have yeah. to, yeah, they feel like they're just almost like obligated to run it back, at least because they have, like I said, they haven't been playing at all. And I'm just like, how did Ben Simmons get hurt? You haven't played basketball in this entire year. When Over did you year. get hurt? Over a year. Yeah. yeah. When did you, when did you get hurt? I don't know, man. Anyway, let's keep it, let's keep it going. Let's get off of Boston and Brooklyn. Let's move on to Philadelphia and Toronto. We talked about James Harden and Sixers um, a little bit, just a little bit ago. This mat, this um, series has turned out pretty well. Hard- Philly was up 3-0. Now it's 3-2 going into game six tomorrow night, I believe. Um, but Harden has been struggling for the past, not only this series, but the past like, like six or seven games of the, of, the, of the regular season as well, too. Let me ask you this, Chris. I mean, do you think James Harden offensively is on the decline of his career right now? Or can he still be that one's potent offensive power out see what was in it while he went when he was in houston 
Well, I mean, he is dealing with a lingering hamstring issue. So that's the first thing. But mm. even prior to that, that same, you know, one, two step, that quick little, you know, boom, boom, and he would just get past anyone, get to the hole. He doesn't have that. And to be honest, he hasn't had that for a while, even prior to coming on board with the Sixers, you know, when he was with the Nets. And even before that, in my opinion, the reason for that being, when you look at him, Sherman, every year when he comes in to the season, what do people say? Uh-oh. Looks like Harden didn't really have uh, that much of an offseason. He doesn't commit. He doesn't mm-hmm. commit to his body. He doesn't, he doesn't commit to his craft. He's, com- he, he's always out of shape, dude. He's always, he's always, always out of shape. shape. It takes him one, one or one. It takes him a month or two of every season to get going. That's thirty percent of the year. You can't have that. So he always has, you know, mastered his craft in regards to his, you know, his, his nice, you know, one-on-one offensive moves, his shooting, his amazing drop steps. All that stuff is phenomenal. But he doesn't commit to his craft outside of that in regards to um, becoming, say, like more of a mid-range shooter. Doesn't evolve to like shooting off with his right hand more so. Defensively, we know that's just a joke and he always comes <laughs> and he always comes into this season like we say 20 30 pounds overweight so i mean yeah i mean he just doesn't have that explosiveness and we all know the older we get it gets a lot harder to get the weight off <laughs> right for sure for sure and i think Embiid is seeing that firsthand now i think he's beginning a little bit frustrated you know you mentioned it the other night after that game five lost about you know uh, the rotations and things like that and the positioning, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, that's up to the coaches. That's up to the coach. Kind of like, you know, what? it's not my problem. Almost like, cause he's seeing, you know, Harden is not once what he was, you know, uh, but Embiid is balling, balling out. I mean, to you, Chris, I mean, do you think he, Embiid is a league MVP this year? I, I think he did enough to not lose it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, you know, we had, we had a lot going on. I mean, when you look at, you know, the Joker out there, Denver, we have obviously, uh, you know, Antetokounmpo had another yeah. phenomenal year. But mm-hmm. it literally, between, for me, it was between those two, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. And it was a coin flip. So when you have a coin flip of a two-time league MVP and someone that's never won it, um, it's kind of like, what happened all those years with LeBron? What happened all those years with Jordan? You know, we knew they're the best player, best player. in the league. But you know what? We just can't keep giving it to the same guy. So well, remember, the MVP doesn't necessarily mean is that we just give it to the best player. It's you know, like I said. I mean, it's granted. It usually is done that way. Yes. Okay. Yes. But that's not what it means. It just means that who's more value, who's the most valuable player to their team. That's why years ago, I think it was, I would say early two thousand. So if you remember in Major League Baseball. I think it was, I mean, I, mean, I can't recall the, excuse, please excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, it was either 02 or 03, where everyone knew Alex Rodriguez was the best player in baseball. He had a, one of the, he had an amazing year, but third baseman of the Baltimore and Miguel Tejada beat out A-Rod for the, for the MVP trophy. And everybody was an uproar about it because if the award had been most outstanding player, yeah, A-Rod would have gotten it. Yeah. But that award was the most valuable player. That's what, now granted, looking at this, now looking at this, now their rosters, who is more valuable to their team? Is Joe Embiid more valuable to the 76ers than Giannis is valuable to the Buccaneers, to the Bucks, excuse me, not Buccaneers, to the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, no, I think, it's, I think it's Giannis for sure. You know what I mean? I mean, Take Embiid off the Sixers right now. They can still contend with James Harden. You take Giannis away from Milwaukee, I don't think they make the playoffs. But that's the thing. Harden didn't come on until the last, what, like 20 games? So 
and, 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 and Joel was the front runner that entire time prior to the Harden coming on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, literally, I don't think Philadelphia would have been in the position they were. Antetokounmpo, you true, take them very off. True, very true. It, it hurts them, but they still have Chris Middleton, who just now got hurt at the end of the very end of right, the Right, 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 right. Um, and they have very a lot. You know, they have that same core of a team that they had on their championship run last year. So right, right. That's your your baseline for what you're saying of most valuable player to their team for this year, then in my opinion, it is MB. Okay. Well, yeah, I see your, I see your point. Well said, Chris. Well said. Um, next matchup I want to look at was Memphis and Minnesota, Chris. I think this matchup is awesome. I'm loving watching this man. And last night included man, the last, what, five, 10 seconds, you know, Anthony Edwards hits the three to tie the game. Then John Moran with the acrobatic layup with one second remaining on the clock. Dude, this kid, Ja Morant, is spectacular. This, when he won, pretty sure he won Rookie of the Year last year. Now he wins, now, now he wins, and he wins most improved player. I see multiple MVPs, at least one MVP, excuse me. I would, but I would even dare say multiple MVPs in this, in this guy's future. Hmm. He reminds well, me, I feel like he's a more athletic Allen Iverson. That's a fair comparison. I, I, I like that. And more I, athletic. Yes. And you know, what was interesting is that, you know, uh, he and Zion came out the same year. Remember that? So he won mm-hmm. rookie of the year over Zion. Well, Zion was hurt, like always. Um, <laughs> but um, Zion, they were talking about in the draft, you know, you're the most athletic, the craziest, blah, blah, blah. Zion, who was a teammate with John Morant in the AAU days, actually said, you need to be looking at this guy, John. Zion mm-hmm. said that about John Morant. So, yeah, John Morant's the truth. Um I'm only concerned because he is so small. He is so frail. Now, don't get me wrong. He might have had one of the best dunks I've seen in the last 10 years last night. Oh, night. my that goodness. Was wow. Wow. So, you know what he might, actually reminds me of, and I don't like this, a thinner Derrick Rose. Now, because – and so athletic. Hmm. Type 2 muscle fibers are so out of this world, right, that, oh, my gosh. He could win an MVP, just like you said, just off of his sheer athleticism, going from 19 points a game to over 27 points a game this year to get a mm. most improved player. Um, but, you know, all it takes is that, like with Derrick Rose after his 2012, uh, you know, MVP, that one, two, step, boom, torn ACL, right? Comes back, boom, torn ACL again. Never the same player. Right, so right, right, I right. hope that doesn't happen to this young man because he's a way better shooter than Allen Iverson ever was. He's a way better shooter than Derrick Rose ever was. So from a small guard perspective, who usually doesn't lead a team to a championship, he has that potential, and I hope he fills it. But you it, think you think he can lead? You think he can lead this Memphis team to a title one day? One day, not this year. They need one more big sign. They need a. They need a. That's two. that's the thing is though. How many free agent signings does a, t- a city like Memphis attract? That's the thing. Now, granted. Milwaukee was a Milwaukee was a small market team. They won last year, but they drafted the, that way. They yeah. had Middleton. They drafted. They drafted Giannis. You know what I mean? So maybe Memphis can draft another great player to be beside John Moran. But as far as free agents, I don't. Memphis is not an attractive um, destination compared to the Miami Heat, to the Los Angeles Lakers, like, even the Los Angeles Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be a little tough for that have to happen. Yeah, or, or, you know, it might have to happen in a trade. You never know. Give them a package up with some draft picks. I mean, there is just the potential to to be there for Ja. Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm truly worried 
just about we, we've seen it, Sherm. We just see what happens with small guards in this league. I mean, even look at Chris Paul, who's more of like a stout player, right? More thicker, um, a little bit shorter than Jaw. But I mean, Chris mm-hmm. Paul is always hurt. So that's my only yeah. concern. And to your point about multiple MVT MVPs, but he definitely has the potential to lead this team to a title. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the, the last matchup I wanted to uh, quickly go over, Chris, was Golden, excuse me, Golden State and Denver. You mentioned Joker once before, you know, Nikolai Djokovic, the, the reigning league MVP from last season. Um, but the Warriors are looking like the almost looking like the Warriors of old, man. You know, they I feel like they almost have a third splash brother in Jordan Poole, who is he's, he's definitely coming on strong. Um, are the, do you feel like the Warriors are poised to win another title with this current roster? Or maybe is there, are they maybe mi- missing a piece, perhaps? Because even Draymond, I feel like, hasn't been playing the same way he has in the past. But Curry is obviously still doing Curry things. Clay's, we know, is coming off that, you know, the major injury finally made his return this season. Um, but yeah, yeah, again, can can they can this can this Golden State team win? Oh, they can absolutely win. And, and actually, to your point about the Draymond thing, I I love what they're doing right now, playing small ball with Draymond at the five. I honestly think in today's NBA, it's a recipe for disaster asked for all the other teams um i think jordan Poole coming on was insane like i i I think we all knew he was talented but we didn't know he was that dude we -hmm. didn't we didn't know he could do what he's doing my only thing is with their dynasty run you know a handful of years back their thing was their depth you know they had four or five guys coming off the bench that could all drop you know 10 to 15 a game they had you know some talls and some bigs in there that play some athletic defense as well so um that's my only concern right now but the way they're firing all cylinders they're definitely the dark horse maybe not the dark horse really but they're they you know not thought about maybe that that could definitely win this whole thing again wow okay all right well now that you mentioned it chris um now that we're in the playoff you know give me your finals matchup chris and who do you think actually takes the title this season oh gosh you know i i a lot's changed already right now with just the injuries and things like that. Um, honestly, the way that the teams are playing as a cohesive unit and what I just saw out of the East and what happened to the Nets, I've got to take the Celtics. The yeah. way they're, they're, they're not, I mean, Jason Tatum is right here, right here from jumping into that top five to 10 category of like super, super star. I, I honestly think Jason Tatum is probably one of the best, he's the top three two-way players in this game. Yes, he is. And he is on the cusp and he's only 23. So he is right there. So I think the Celtics come out of the East. And I think, I think if Devin Booker comes back, all right, it's going to be the Suns. And I'm fingers are crossed for that because I really want to see CP3 get another shot and win a title. So I'm going to take Boston and Phoenix. And Boston wins the title. Boston wins. Okay. Boston Phoenix and Boston wins. Okay. Um, Chris, I'm going to definitely agree with you on the Eastern conference. I'm going to take Boston as well too. Um, like we said, like I just said, Jason Tatum is a stud. Jalen Brown is, is great too. Um, I'm going to take Boston, even if Miami wins their matchup, you know, as being the number one overall seed. Um, Jimmy Butler was hurt the other night, even though they were able to close out the Atlanta Hawks without Jimmy, Rosen, Jim, too. you know, um, DeRozan with well, DeRozan with this on the Bulls, you know, the Bulls. Oh, I'm sorry, they're, they're, my yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna, I don't, I don't think the Bulls are getting, getting past Milwaukee. They're anything they're playing right now in this game five. Um, but 
So yeah, I'm going to go Boston out of the East and out of the West. You know, I, I think I am going to go Golden State, dude. Just that, that experience. Now, don't, I mean, Phoenix, yes, they need Devin Booker. They said game six is a possibility for him to return. However, you know, because if he, if he doesn't come back, no, Phoenix is not going. But if, even if he does, I think just that experience of Golden State having that, you know, that core of Steph, Clay and Draymond back together once again, he just does wonders for this squad. Uh, you know, and yeah, I think, I think it's going to be Golden State and Boston and it's going to be Golden State. I'm going to go Golden State just literally because of this experience factor. It plays a part. You know, if everyone is, of course, this is bearing that everyone is healthy. Of course, injuries happen. We know that if Steph Curry and Clay Thompson both get injured, then yeah, obviously that changes everything. We get that. Or if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown get hurt, that changes everything. Yeah. Barring any injuries, I'm going to say Golden State over Boston in seven. Okay. In seven. I like it. Yep. All right. Cool, man. Um, let's keep it going, Chris. Of course, the NFL. We've got so much to talk about, being that we've been off the air for so many weeks now. We've we, we've got to talk about um, Matt Ryan going to the Colts. We've got to talk about Tyreek Hill. And let, but let's first let's talk. Bobby, the biggest one of them all was quarterback Deshaun Watson being traded from Houston to Cleveland a few weeks back and setting a record with of his enormous, enormous contract of, of a five-year deal worth $230 million, being that he didn't even play guaranteed. last season. Guaranteed. Is guaranteed. He's going to earn 184 over the first four years and four, and then 48 the rest. The fact that this man didn't even play and got a $230 million fully guaranteed contract is absurd. It's it's just absurd. Welcome to the NFL. (laughs) Life in the NFL. Right. Chris, um, did they over or underpay Deshaun Watson? (laughs) Well, this just seems like the most Cleveland thing ever to do, right? Like, (laughs) this is just Cleveland 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 being being Cleveland. Cleveland. You you know, your your former former number one overall pick still on your roster, by the way, who you told that you were still committed to. And then, in, and then, in, you know, in the middle of the night, go off with your, you know, go, go off with your, your side piece, right? And say, all right, come on over. You're now, you're now spot. And you know what it felt to me, Sherman? Have you ever seen Talladega Nights? Mm-hmm. Of course. So you remember when Ricky Bobby came back from that devastating crash, and mm-hmm. he comes back and has another moment where he thinks the invisible fires on him, and basically, you know, the the head of the the race car company went over to um, his wife um, and said, you know what? Who's going to be the new number one over here? She's like, not Ricky. No. Mr. Cal Naughton Jr. And before Ricky even got home 30 minutes later, Cal had already moved in. He, <laughs> he pasted his face over the painting of him and their family on the wall. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me, Sherman. It felt like Talladega night, what Cal did to Ricky Bobby. It was just so Cleveland. So anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> yes, he, he hasn't played in a year. And going on what happens with the investigation and the civil lawsuits and whatever the NFL decides to do, he might not play another six games. Sure. He might not even play this entire season. Mm-hmm. So someone. I think we should, we should have suspected a suspension, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the fact that he has, he, he's not going to play. Don't get me wrong. If you're looking at value, he was a top five quarterback with the Houston Texans prior to everything that went down. But to right, say right. to come out of, you know, a year, 16, 18, 24 months later, and you're just going to f- expect to flip that switch 
and he's still a top five quarterback. No, 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 no. So, I, and I think honestly, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, to give him this kind of deal after being off an entire year and probably going to have at least four to maybe six game suspension this upcoming season, giving the allegations um, in the civil case against him right now. Um, it just, like you said, it's Cleveland being Cleveland. The fact that he's got Baker on the, on the roster, he, he has a, he hasn't you know, officially requested a trade. I'm wondering if he gets tra- traded during the draft tomorrow night to a team like maybe perhaps Carolina um, or something like that. I don't know, but watch for Seattle. See at Seattle's another good Seattle's base. In a rebuild. And that might be a good spot for him given he needs to rebuild his career as well. So I think yeah. that's one of the teams to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it could be Seattle. It could be Carolina. Um, you know I mean? Who, who pulls the trigger at some point on Baker, but man, yeah. Deshaun Watson getting this deal done. I just, cause there's just so many unknowns, like I said, with the off the field issues that he's facing and a possible suspension from the league. What if he gets suspended half the year? You give him $230 million fully guaranteed. Now, granted, just for one, that's not just for one season. We get that. You know, it's going to take some time, you know, but still, um, I mean, is he going to be the answer? Cleveland has gone through quarterbacks left and right. You know what I mean? They've been, they've been changing quarterbacks. Like they, like, like everybody, like people change socks every single day. Okay. It's yeah. just, it's just like, how many, how many quarterbacks is this, is this organization going to go through when they just can't get it right? Do they, they feel Let's like they've gotten it right now with Deshaun Watson, but we'll see. They, they, they've gone through more quarterbacks than Taylor Swift has boyfriends. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and has made so more and more. She, they've gone through more corrections. Toy Swift has made songs about ex-boyfriends. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Put it that way. And that's a damn sure lot. Okay. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's kind of like, you got to wait and see. It's wait and okay. see. It sucks. I mean, Deshaun Watson, you said it. He was a top five player in the NFL in 2020. Absolutely. He didn't play in 2021. So again, we'll see what happens. Um, as I mentioned before, another big trade was Matt Ryan, the Atlanta Falcons veteran, uh, former league MVP, quarterback getting traded to the indianapolis colts uh chris i mean this guy obviously drafted by atlanta years back took atlanta to a super bowl where they collapsed you know to the new england patriots a couple years ago now he's getting a chance to kind of restart his career even though it's kind of late in his career can he i'm wondering can he reach his peak performance again probably be that type of top tier qb that he once was in atlanta with the indianapolis colts and how much better does he really make indy i mean to me sure it kind of feels like the stretch when they were doing the philip rivers situation a couple years ago well, philip rivers was really on the last leg of his career i don't think matt ryan is quite quite there no but i mean from a talent perspective i would put them even at the end of philip rivers career i'd put them probably right neck and neck i mean i i just don't know i i mean it's got to be a bridge right i mean who where are they going to do where are they going to get their next budding star i mean they're unfortunately not a two and 14 team anymore where you get to draft andrew luck um so i'm trying to wonder like what mm-hmm. is the end game like you do you really think you upgraded drastically from carson wentz i, I don't know um so so i don't really I, he, I he's not going to get into his peak performance again. He could show flares and glimpses of it because yeah. um, he is a very talented player, number one overall pick for a reason. But I mean, does he make him that much better? Eh. A game, maybe more better. You think so? You think that's it? I mean, you know, and the Falcons they quickly tried to draft his successor in Marcus Mariota over there. I mean, they, they traded for him. They picked him up. Excuse me. Um, 
but indie man i don't know i feel like the defense is is fairly is is, is pretty is pretty decent over there you know with the forest buckner on that spot yannick and gawkway on there now um uh, they also picked up in free agency Stefan Gilmore, deciding him to, I think it was a two-year deal, three-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. So I think Indy is definitely showing up that defense, which is nice. Um, the offense was we um, Jonathan Taylor looking like the best running back in football before, you know. Um, I think they need wide receivers. I think Michael, I like Michael Pittman Jr., but I don't think he's a true number one wide receiver. Mo Ali Cox, I think, is a subpar tight end. So I think they shore up that offense. I think Indy could be dangerous. I think Matt Ryan probably has a good three years left in him. Well, you know, luckily to your point, Sherman, with receivers, I mean, I think Mel Kuyper's got uh, 15 or – no, 15, I'm sorry, five or six. I was just joking with 15. But five <laughs> or six wide receivers going in the first round. And I believe, if I remember correctly, Colts picked 16 or 17 – uh, they had a swap with Philadelphia with the whole um, Carson Wentz situation. So, I mean, they're going to have an opportunity to get him a weapon. Um, I just don't know in a very, very competitive AFC, um, you know, really what Car- – I'm sorry, what Matt Ryan does for the Colts that catapults them in a position that they're actually a contender to win a conference championship, let alone an NFL championship. You know, it's a good it's a good point there, Chris. I'm not sure. I mean, and you know, I don't I don't I don't believe the Colts actually have a first round pick anymore any longer. To be honest with you, uh, they, they I got thought rid of it. I thought I thought okay, I could be mistaken, but I thought they got one with the Carson Wentz. But I could be. Yeah, they, yeah I think they actually don't even have it. No longer have a first round pick. They don't draft. I believe until the second round. I think it's like, I think it's like pick number forty one or forty two, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, where could they? You know, what I mean? where could they? What could they do? I like I said. I wouldn't completely sleep on the Colts. I mean, in that division, the AFC South, I think it's still the Titans probably going to lead, you know, lead that one. Depends. But yeah, the AFC South isn't a isn't really a juggernaut, say the say the least. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I just I feel like I have more confidence in Matt Ryan and that in indie team than in a, most other folks do. But that's okay. You know, be here for difference of opinion. It's all right. Moving along, um, New Orleans resigned quarterback Jameis Winston. Being that Sean Payton's no longer there, you know, I really thought they tried to now obviously Winston got hurt, so that wasn't really his fault. Getting hurt, you know, having his things having a bad year. Um quickly before we move on is he really the long-term solution for the saints uh, team chris no honestly i think the only reason that he ended up going to new orleans was to learn behind drew Brees, to learn from sean payton mm-hmm. um now that both of those pieces are gone i mean what, what what is there um and injuries have always plagued this guy's career you know great talent um but you know I, no to your point do i believe he's a long-term solution Absolutely not. One more year, then he's on the market again. Yeah, I think if we signed him to a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, oh, I, I, I wish you. I honestly wish. I hope. I hope that he does play well and does have a good Me year. Too. But you know, you know, he's. A, I think he's a good QB. Um, but he just needs to be in the right position, the right organization. And Saints were a good fit for him, learning from Drew Brees, like you said, learning from Sean Payton. But again, now they're not there. Um, Tampa Bay resigned running back Leonard Fournette recently. As we know, Tom Brady unretired, of course, as we have we have talked about in the past, pretty much bringing that same squad back. They re-signed Chris, got him at the franchise tandem. They finally got him a deal. I think it's what, uh, three years, $60 million, I think it is. You know, they still got Mike Evans. Let me they ask are. you, Penn State, there you go. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you think they need to re-sign 
Robert Gronkowski, Tom Brady's old reliable workhorse at the tight end position for, for the Buccaneers? Well, the last time I checked, uh, Tom Brady has won four Super Bowls in a row, not consecutive years, but of his career in a row with Rob Gronkowski. Um, Jeremy says yes. <laughs> um, they, they need him. Um, only because it is their connection, Sherman, is, is something that is in a movie. There's just something about the way they are together. You know, like they just know. They know where each other's going to be. I mean, you remember that corny commercial when he brought Gronkowski out of retirement and he did the bullhorn, the boom, and they showed Gronkowski like running through the fields, running through the forest, running up. Tom's blowing the horn, runs up all out of breath and says, Gronk reporting for duty, sir. Like, <laughs> like it was amazing. If guys and fans, if you've never seen it, please go YouTube that. It is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I just think it's going to make Tom even be more Tom. Um, I don't think necessarily from a what's he's actually going to bring value. Is he going to have six, seven, eight touchdowns, you know, seven, eight hundred yards? Probably not. But he's going to make those one or two big plays and those one or two big situations that we know he's going to need to make. Yeah, I mean, Bar, you know, he's had so many injuries in his career. It's tough for him to, you know, have a, be on a, you know, at one hundred percent a lot of the time. He's even said it himself. You know, he it's always it's kind of he's always up in the air. Like, man, do I want to come back? Do I not want to come back? You know, just given those amount of injuries he's he's uh, faced throughout his um football career, uh, I think just having him on the field is just a good thing. You know, he may not necessarily be that, that lead tight end dude, that number one option, but having him there just as a, a big body, you know, and the possibility of what he can do is just, is just good for Tom Brady to have. So I think they should definitely bring him back. Agreed. Um, other news, Miami made a big splash. They traded for pro bowl, super bowl winning wide receiver Tyreek Hill snatched him away from the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes' number one option for the past several years. This was huge for Miami, Chris. Um, I think this is going to help Tua Tagovailoa improve extremely as at the quarterback position. Um, I mean, they just I, – I was completely shocked that the Chiefs made this move. Right, they got five draft picks out of it, you know, but it just goes to show you that, you know, it's, it's not just about winning. This was about the bag. This is about Tyreek Hill just getting paid. You know, it's just shocking to me that he goes from Kansas city, a super bowl contender every single year with arguably the best quarterback in the game. You, you went to two super bowls back to back. You won one. You were in the AFC championship game last year, this year against Cincinnati Yet you go to a team in Miami who hasn't been in the playoffs in forever and who has a young rookie QB at the helm and you're going to have a new head coach, you know, you know, young head coach there. I, I, I don't know, man. It's it just to me, it's just like these guys are just all about to me. I mean, I would want to stay in KC because, you know, you have a chance to win every, every single year. Um, but I but I you know that's that's another topic, another discussion another day. Um, but I guess, I guess let me ask you this, Chris, how much better does Tyreek Hill make this Miami offense? Is it, does it become all of a sudden become a top tier offense in, in the, uh, in the, in the league or just the AFC? I mean, no, how, how, I don't understand even how that's even a question. <laughs> I respect you telling me and asking me that, but I don't even understand how it's a question. I mean, 
I, I mean, what what has really changed in their offense outside of Tyreek Hill? Don't get me wrong. He's that dude. He's mm-hmm. a game changer. Right, uh, right. I mean, you know, proof in the pudding, my fantasy, give me 30 points every every game. I appreciate you, Tyreek. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, I mean, but I think that's going to change now that he's in Miami. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we don't know about Tua. I mean, that's the biggest question, right? You know, Tua's health. Tua, you know, what is he the long term solution? I mean, what, what they did what bring is, in, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater as well, too, now. Yeah. Um, he's been hurt a lot, too. Yeah. And I appreciate Bridgewater. I feel so bad for him and his career, what he's had to deal with with injuries. But, um, but no, I mean, there's too many questions. And, you know, all the drama that happened with this offseason with their head coach former head coach, uh, Brian Flores, and just things like that. I mean, Tua came out and said, you know, it, it was a pretty tumultuous situation. So I think there's a lot of rebuilding from a character standpoint of this team. I don't right. th- I don't know, you know, how that translates on the field, to be honest with you. But I think this this team looks a lot better offensively. They picked up Chase Edmonds from Arizona. Yep. Um, they've, they've got that, that stud as a wide receiver, Jalen Waddell there, who they drafted years ago, a couple years, you know, last year before that. Um, he's, he's, Jalen Waddle will be is is on the way to be a top five wide receiver in his league for sure. Um, and they picked up Cedric Wilson as well from Dallas. I like Mike Kosicki out there at the tight end position. You know, um, I, I think Miami is on the come up, but I don't think they're quite there just yet. I think that AFC East belongs to Buffalo and, and will for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. Patriots will still stick around because they're the Patriots. They have uh, Bill Belichick. Um, but we you know the Jets are the Jets. They're gonna they're gonna jet, as always, you know. Um, but I think Miami is on the come up, and this kind of and this helps them. I think for sure. Um, I think it's really that defense what they're gonna f- focus on next. I know I like Xavier Howard out there, at the uh, left cornerback spot, um, and and Byron Jones as well at the other at the other corner. But I think if they shore up that of that defense, um, and Tua starts to develop, that's the biggest thing for me. It's Tua. You said it, the injuries are one thing, but it is just developmental process as a quarterback in this league. That's the that's the thing for me. Forget forget about the injuries for a second. Just his him developing as a QB, read, reading the defenses, picking the right spots, you're know, rolling out of the pocket, you know what I mean? And and developing that arm strength and that accuracy too. You know, yes. that's the thing for me, is the one thing that's you know. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for Tua is really just developing how much better can he be as an NFL quarterback. You have success in college, great. I don't mean you're going to try to translate automatically to the NFL. Yes, sir. You know, you know, and we all know that. So, yeah, but like I said, I was just more shocked that the Chiefs did this. You know, I mean, I'm wondering what the Chiefs' offense is going to look like now without Tyreek Hill, even though they did sign your boy Juju, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster from uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris. You know, what does this Chiefs O look like, you know, with no Tyreek and now with Juju? Is it going to be kind of the same squad they once had? Well, I think it's, it's going to be a different variation of it. Um, remember, they also signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, from the from the Green Bay Packers. So, mm. I mean, they definitely have the weapons and they still obviously have, you know, the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be a different thing again, though. I'm wondering with this draft, man, with so many receivers on the board in that first round, mm. there's a lot of burners, Sherman. There's a lot of burners that are that are that are going to be coming out of this draft. So, I mean, can they replace him? Not in regards to the production right away of that over the top, ridiculously fast. But if you got a burner that can go over the top and a rookie, and we've seen it, man. 
Justin Jefferson, right? It came right out of rookie year. I mean, made mm-hmm. a splash. And then you have those like guys like a Juju or Marquez, like that can fill that slot. You know, they're good route runners. Kelsey does his thing. Kelsey, most athletic tight end in the league. I think their offense, to be honest, Sherman, is going to be just fine. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they have such symmetry in the way they work together. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're going to figure this out. And, and they have a great running game too. Yeah, I think with yeah Andy Reid, of course, obviously is the is the X factor in all this. You know, as we're probably one of the best coaches in the in the league, as we all know. Um, he's they'll figure it out. I don't think it's going to look the same at all. And quite frankly, I'm not even sure. They you know they may not. You know, they went to three straight AFC Championship games. I don't think they make it a fourth. To be honest with you, without Tyreek. Um, I mean, I mean, we got up and coming teams. I mean, look at your bills, man. I mean, they're right there. We, mm-hmm. You know, Cincinnati, like they were in the Super Bowl last year. There's a lot, a lot of competition. The AFC, I haven't seen it look this good since probably 90s. I mean, just in regards to the AFC is, is that. Yeah. Look yeah. at the AFC West, Sherman. There's three teams in the AFC West alone that could <laughs> all make the playoffs. Like, I, no, it, honestly, all four of them can make, well, them, they, yeah. not only they, they can't, but, all, can, but, but, yeah. but still they all have potential wing to the bit. Now that Russell Wilson is in, is in Denver. That's what I'm saying. Like a, the AFC West is loaded. It's, it's ridiculous. Loaded. I mean, look, yeah. even the, look at the AFC North now when, if Deshaun plays Deshaun, Lamar, Lamar um, Burrow, Burrow, I mean, don't talk about my Steelers yet. We don't know about that. <laughs> I, Mitchell Trubisky is the answer. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, the AFC Sherm is loaded. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and these guys are just getting money thrown at them left and right. It's crazy. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill got, got that huge deal. My my boy Stefan Diggs of the Bills, he got a new deal yep. deal himself. Huge, huge, um, huge deal, $104 million over four years. Well deserved. Now, absolutely. He's been balling out for them. And in other wide receiver news, San Francisco 49er Debo Samuel has requested a trade because he wants to get paid down himself. But I don't think he is a Stefan Diggs money worth type of wide receiver. He, to me, he is not a legitimate number one. He is an excellent, excellent player. He's that X factor. You can put him in the slot. You can put him out at running back even. You know, you can move him in different positions. Awesome player. Fantastic. He's not a Stefan Diggs. He is not a, I'm, I'm, I'll take Diggs. I'll take Justin Jefferson. I'll take CD Lamb. Um, before before this before Debo Samuel um, you know what I mean there's a lot of guys uh, you know I'll, I would take before before Debo uh, you know what I mean um, I just don't think he's going to garner this type of cash you know I would take Cooper Cup DeAndre Hopkins before I'm taking Debo Samuel you know what I mean I don't think he's that dude to be that number one hundred million dollars. He's not going to get you 110 catches with 1500 yards a season. He's not that type of player, you know? Um, what, what are your thoughts on Debo requesting to trade? Do they actually even trade him, you know, and where, but where could he even end up? What do I think? Okay. That's a two part question. What do I think on him requesting a trade? Very millennial, very childish. That's my first <laughs> thoughts. Um, and where does he actually end up? TBD. Um, but to your first point of where he, um, you know, why, why does he get that kind of money? Why does he think he should get that kind of money or does he deserve it? Well, Sherman, uh, yards from scrimmage last year, they're, the top three in the league were uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, MVP candidate, right? Uh, Cooper Cup 
MVP candidate. And guess who was the, the third one? Mr. Debo Samuels. <laughs> or Samuel, my apologies. Yeah. Um, the, because they put him at some, they play him exactly. at running back as well, too. He, but that's he's, what I'm saying. He, he's, a, many, he's a great athlete. Yes. I, how I, many I, players I should that. do that? So, so I remember another great, another great athlete, I think three years ago, won the MVP. What was his name? What was, oh, Lamar Jackson. Um, because, you know, he's a quarterback, right? But he's also running for 800 to 1,000 yards and getting 10, you know, 10 touchdowns on the ground and 30 plus in, in, the, in the air. Well, Tebow mm-hmm. is kind of doing the same thing, but not throwing the ball. He's just running and catching it. So he is a very, you know, he reminds me of Sherman. Unfortunately, it never came to fruition in the NFL. But you remember our boy from uh, Penn State, Mr. Derek Williams? Mm. Very much reminds me of him in regards to you could do him, you know, in a lateral place out of the backfield. You know, you could throw to him a 50-yard route and he would catch it. Um, you could put him in the in off a kickoff and he would run it back 97 yards. Debo is that dude. He is the new era NFL athlete he's not a position player he's just an athlete so he deserves that money but not yet and not to request it so i mm-hmm. don't know who's going to pay it for him right now because he's still in his rookie contract right so right, I, right. I, I i don't know i someone, yeah, this was only his third year in the league right someone someone's gonna pay it and it'll probably be the cleveland browns because that's what cleveland does it's <laughs> <laughs> a cleveland man <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering where he could go. Um, yeah, like you said, yeah, who's gonna who has the cash to pay this type? This you know, pay this. You know, no, he's you know gonna I mean? show up. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a Houston Texan. He's gonna be a Houston. Texan. He's not going to Houston. He, I, I'm hoping for his sake, he doesn't. He has a no trade clause because I don't think he wants to. Who, who wants to be in Houston right what now? What rookie has a no trade clause? I'm just I mean, saying. <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. Obviously, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I don't think he wants to be in Houston right now. Nobody really wants. Well, no one will want him to. But I mean, if he wants to request that bad, hey. If I if I was if I was Lynch right now, the GM of the 49ers would be like, oh, you 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 went out? You went out? Okay. What are they saying? You're the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> have fun for or, the next two years. Well, if that was the case, you'd go to the New York Jets. But hey, you know, that's another case in their story. At least they have a quarterback. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Well, we'll see. You know, that we'll see. That, we'll see. Yeah. Um, let's before we end the show, Chris, let's get, uh, talk quickly about the NFL draft, which is happening tomorrow night out in Vegas. Yep. Um Obviously, the draft is always talked one of the biggest things of the year for the NFL. Um, this year, there hasn't, there isn't really that top tier. There's not, this is not a quarterback loaded draft for the first time in a while. Going off of last year, we had so many in the years past. This is not really that kind of draft. Um, you know, we got, uh, was it Wilkes out of Liberty, Pickett out of Pittsburgh? Who do you think is the first QB drafted this year? Yes, this uh, year's NFL quarterback draft talent pool is suspect, uh, to say the <laughs> least. Um, everyone, you know, is just a bit, there's nothing, you know, there's no Trevor Lawrence, right? There's no even like a talent eye-popping like Zach Wilson that comes off, you know, or something of that nature. Mm. Um, Malik Willis is definitely the most raw talent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he definitely has that eye-popping skill set, but he's very turnover prone. Um, uh, uh, Pickett out of Pitt. He's got the stature, the size, but he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of coaching. And then the other guy that I kind of like was Matt Coral out of Ole Miss, but a lot of um, reports have been coming out recently, a lot of character flaws he has off the field. Big partier, not devoted to his craft, um, not the kind of guy that you would want leading your franchise. And there really hasn't been enough on the field to perhaps make up for that. So Mm. I guess the NFL being what they are and and oohs and ahs, it's probably going to be Malik Willis. 
Yeah, it probably will be Willis coming out first. You know, um, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I'm not too sure. I think Oklahoma sooner. I mean, you know, I think Pickett will go second out of the quarterback pool. But like, yeah, there hasn't been that eye popping QB like there was, you know, before you said Trevor Lawrence, uh, Joe Burrow you know, type of, type of QB class, like in in years past. So, um, you know, it's going to be hard to see. I think you said Malik Willis, I think he probably will be number one, but on the, on the other side though, I think to me is on defensively there, there's a lot more, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more defensive players in this draft. I think, right. Right. Would you agree that there's a lot, there's a lot better, uh, grouping of defensive players coming out of this draft. You have Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, um, the, the edge rusher there. You have Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati, the quarter, the cornerback there, Derek Sting, Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. So I definitely think this is going to be a defensive slash offensive line draft. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is not, not really the sexiest position, you know, but um, it's going to be one of those drafts going back to like, I remember, what was it uh, years ago, Eric Fisher, the offensive lineman, who got, got picked up by KC, number one overall. You know, that was kind of a low-key draft as well, yep. too. Not a very quarterback-heavy draft. You know what I mean? Um, but any surprise, any big surprises that you expect to expect in this year's draft at all? Any big major, like, wow, wow, I can't believe he got drafted, or I can't believe they made this trade up, anything like that you, that you're expecting tomorrow night? Honestly, um, I think I think it could be a surprising year for my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and the reason I say that is because even though they got Mitchell Trubisky, right, um, and, and they still have Mason Rudolph, you know, these are all, like, placeholders. I suspect my Steelers to do something that they very rarely do because they're a very conservative drafting team. And I expect them to trade up in the draft because right now they're, uh, they're at pick 20. I expect them to actually move up in the draft and draft one of these quarterbacks higher than what they're supposed to go and get them around 10 to 12. That's what I'm expecting. That's my only surprise I think that's going to happen because with Roethlisberger being gone, they, they're just but not used to not having a franchise quarterback. You don't think they can wait and sit at 20 to grab a QB? I don't think so because I think, you know, Sean, we know this with quarterbacks. Even though this isn't a heavy quarterback draft, quarterbacks, first one, how, how many times can you remember a quarterback has ever slipped in the 20s as the first quarterback taken? It mm. very rarely happens. Teams make, you know, very hesitant or quick decisions. And, and, and it always ends up being that a guy goes higher than what they should. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like it. We'll see what happens. Um, now, I want to ask you a, thing, a question here or, or we do our last, for our last uh, segment on the NFL draft. I want you to give me a team from each conference, from the AFC and the NFC, that you think probably needs the most help out of this draft, or will even just benefit the most for from a good draft to have immediate success in 2022. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll quickly just start with yeah. my AFC team, then I'll go with AFC with you. To me, my AFC team, um, maybe a little bit under the radar, I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers. That's why I like in the AFC. First of all, we all know that team is on the rise with, with the quarterback Justin Herbert out there, okay? At first and foremost. Second of all, they just grabbed Khalil Mack and on the offseason from the, from the Raiders. That is absolutely huge in shoring up that defense with Joey Bosa um, and Derwin James. 
So I think, and now you, you, if you've got Keenan Allen still there and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, I think the offense is, is ready to move. You know, it's on that rise, on the rise. And you got Gerald Everett as well, too. Um, I think I think the Chargers, who I believe are, are picking, what was that? Uh, I just lost my, I lost my place there. Sorry about that. I think they're picking around 17, I think it is. Yeah, 17. Um, they even got quarterback J.C. Jackson this offseason, which is nice, too. I think they go O-line, if not wide receiver. Get another piece alongside with Keenan Allen. Um, they probably can go O-line with the with the kid from Alabama. Um, or even looking at um, wide receiver, possibly Chris Alave out of Ohio State, if he's there, or maybe Drake London out of USC. That's what I'm looking at for the uh, – and, and that's that – frame that's that position frame where they're 17 18 19 you're gonna see you're starting to see a lot of wide receivers come off the board there chris because this this draft is loaded with them um and maybe offensive line maybe the guy the kid from iowa um what's his name uh uh linder linderbaum or linderbaum i think yeah. it is um yeah so i think yeah and sorry the kid from alabama he's gonna go he's gonna go top top three top four but yeah i think the chargers dude they come out with a solid draft watch out for them in 2022 sure uh chris give me your afc team that you think can really benefit from this draft or you know because you could just make a splash it really needs a lot of help well who needs a lot of help um is the team that had the number one overall pick last year and that's the jacksonville jaguars they <laughs> no need either. they they need to get something to do around trevor lawrence i mean this is you know it, it, it reminds me a lot of when peyton manning got drafted number one overall same thing he went i think it was uh two wins his first season and, and, and you're like, wow, this guy was the number one overall pick. He had more interceptions and touchdowns, um, you know, but then they got the pieces around Peyton Manning mm -hmm. and they built and they built and they built one of the most, you know, consistent franchises for well over a decade while Manning was there, uh, went to two Super Bowls, won one. Same thing with, with, Tre with Trevor Lawrence. You need to get this team around him. Get him an offensive line. Don't get him killed. Get him more pieces. Get right. him a solid one or two defensive end rush or someone that can get to the quarterback so he can have more opportunities to shine. That's who I think. I don't have any, like, names particular to give you from the draft. I just know from what I saw on the field last year, from the AFC, the Jaguars need to make the biggest splash. Okay. All right. Um, let's go over to the NFC, Chris. I'll, I'll go to you first before I say mine. NFC, who out of the NFC do you think – either needs the most help or can just really benefit and have uh, from this draft and have immediate and have some success in 2022. This is going to be a surprise one. Like you did in the AFC. I'm going to say the Arizona Cardinals, okay. the Arizona Cardinals need to make a big splash because they, you saw, they just exercised the fifth year option on Kyler Murray. They did. Um, and he's looking for that big payday, which he's going to get. But if you're going to make that investment with him and you're going to do that, you guys need to make a splash because what they do last year start off strong, right? Hot, man. They were the team and then faltered down the way. Right. Well, they so, had some injuries there, and, but D hop, D hop going out, that didn't help. Of course, and, and, and then they just re-signed AJ green, but he's at the end of his career. I mean, you have some older players on that team, JJ Watt on the defensive front. I mean, they're, they need to make a big splash to really make it known that like, okay, Kyler is our guy. Cliff mm. Kingsbury is our guy. Like we're gonna make headways, you know, with some of these other, you know, um, NFC powerhouses that seem to always be just one step ahead of us. So I think they need to make a big move in the draft. Okay, 
Um, for me, I'm actually going to say two NFC teams, but for two different reasons. For one, my first NFC team that I'm going to say is the Green Bay Packers. You're on borrowed time with Aaron Rodgers. You don't know how much longer he's going to be there. And the fact of the matter is you just lost your num- the number one, probably the number one, or if not number two wide receiver in all of football, Devontae Adams. He's no longer there. So you have to immediately replace Devontae to appease Aaron Rodgers and give him that legit number one weapon. Okay. That's the biggest thing he could, you're looking at possibly picking up George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. Like I said, maybe a Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, um, you know, maybe perhaps Jake is London out of USC is still around at, at that time, you know, possibly even Deshaun Watson out of Penn state, he could still be around, you yeah. know, you know, um, and that range, I think the Packers are at sitting at number pick number 22 in the first round. That would be a good so, spot for him. Yeah. So I, I think that's where they immediately, immediately go. And then the offensive line, you know, Bakhtiari was hurt last season. You know, that's, they have to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers, of course, as we know. Um, you know, I think even John Runyon was hurt at one point as well, too. You know, but Bakhtiari went down with that knee injury, which was, which was devastating for them. Didn't make a comeback. But you have to make sure Aaron Rodgers is upright and make sure he's happy. That involves getting an offensive lineman to, to protect him and getting a most importantly getting a wide receiver to him to throw the ball to. Um, that's the first thing, that was the first things for the for the Green Bay Packers. But my other team I wanted to mention is sticking in that same division, the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. How much longer are the Vikings going to put up with this? sort of mediocre-esque performance by Kirk Cousins in this team. You have a great squad uh, offensively with, you mentioned before, Justin Jefferson. You've got Adam Thielen. But defensively, this is what they, they need to improve that team, I think, I think defensively, defensively for sure. Um, you know, but the Vikings, I think Kirk Cousins, even though they gave him a new newer deal recently, I feel like they're almost on the edge of getting rid of them. I don't think it's all his fault. We, and I mean, you know, Ben and I talked about this before. They had given up the most points. If if the if the Vikings had to give up zero points in the last two or three minutes of every single game this past season, they would have damn near gone undefeated. That's how poor the defense have played down the stretch of every single game. So I think they probably start with the edge, um, getting the kid out of. Um, uh, Florida State. I think, it's, I think his name's Johnson out of Florida State. That's a possibility for him. So the de- I think they need to shore up that defense for sure. Um, and then c- perhaps maybe another another offensive weapon or maybe or maybe just uh, another offensive lineman because you know, Dalvin Cook is that dude for sure and that running back. But getting an edge rusher, possibly get another cornerback um, and maybe even a linebacker. But yeah, I think to me, there is a need for the Packers to win, to get pieces to win now because of the timing of Aaron Rodgers, but the Vikings just need pieces overall to make that squad better. So those are my actually two teams from the NFC that I think need to benefit highly from this dra- upcoming draft. So what you're saying is the Packers are probably going to draft a safety. Sure, why not? Because <laughs> that's what they do. And you wonder why Aaron Rodgers always gets so mad. <laughs> yeah, and they drafted damn Jordan Love two years ago. You know what I mean? No, so who knows? Yeah, who knows what the hell the Packers are going to do, Chris? I, I, I don't know, but they honestly, they better draft the wide receiver first. They, they have to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those are good ones. I like that, Sherm. Yep, we'll, we'll see how it goes. 
Well, folks, I think that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, so glad to be back on the air once again. Uh, next episode, Obed should be back uh, in the building. You know, he's got some things going on uh, off air, which we are, you know, he's definitely working towards being a better and successful, more successful person. Got a lot of work projects going on. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, Obed, hope to have you back here soon. Um, Chris, we're coming into May now in the, in the calendar year. Anything uh, you have, have going on, upcoming? Any uh, advice you want to give out for the people before we get out of here? Just go out, people, and enjoy life. You know, now that we're starting to get back out there in the world, you know, don't be afraid of each other. Don't be afraid to interact. Don't be afraid to talk to a new person. Go out and make yourself available to people. Just go out and enjoy life. It's going to be a beautiful summer. Go out and just, just live your life. Well said, my friend. I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. You know, summers, you know, everybody, listen, if you don't got your bikini body ready by now, it ain't going to be ready by June. Okay. I'm just telling you right now, do something right. about it. <laughs> you know, got to look good in that two piece, Chris, you know, <laughs> one, but, piece, uh, one piece right here all day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, folks, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at the WWENT. From my guest, Chris, I'm Sherm. We will catch you guys next time. Peace.